To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to the 30-Minute Lockdown, episode 29. We're back in the building, man, each and every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. On all your popular platforms, you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Coach Defense, back at you with another episode of the 30-Minute Lockdown, where we give you news and views of the NBA and NFL sports world in 30 minutes or less. So we're back in the building to do another episode, man. And I got a good special episode for you today, man, and it's going to preview none other, none other than my... Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to talk about the Chargers in, in, in large part today, um, probably the whole show. Uh, we won't get into exactly what's been going on with the Chargers from uh, the last pre- playoff time, you, playoff game you've seen them uh, in 2023, early 2023 till now, what we've been doing in the offseason, preseason, uh, the, the training camp news. We're going to break down a 53-man roster. We'll get into everything, the schedule, the draft picks. We're going to break it all down in short order, man. So we're going to do this thing real big. So like I said, we're going to talk about the Chargers, and we're going to talk about everything uh, that is going on with the Chargers in 2023 so far and leading up to the season. And, uh, you know, for those who don't uh, follow the Chargers closely, this would be a good uh, information session for you. For those Chargers fans out there, let me know how you feel in the comments about what we got going on. But let's jump right into it, man. Let's talk about what the Chargers are doing this year. So like I said, uh, we're going to get into everything. Uh, you know, the Chargers of 2023. So when we last saw them on, on the football field, uh, they played a, a playoff game against the Jaguars in the wild card round. Uh, overall, in the 2022 season, they finished 10-7. Uh, it was an up-and-down year. Uh, a lot of injuries uh, to Justin Herbert, especially, and uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and a bunch of others. Uh, Joe B- Joey Bosa, to name a few. So, yeah, it was a lot of turnover, but they still managed to, despite uh, the the rash and large amount of injuries for the majority of the season, to finish 10-7. Like I said, they lost in in dramatic fashion to the Jaguars in the, in the wildcard playoffs. So that was a loss in the wildcard round. But the Chargers they have returned to the playoffs for the first time in uh, quite some time. So that was a plus, and that was a a step in the right direction for Brandon Steady, who is the head coach. Uh, we turned over a new offensive coordinator after this past season, uh, and they went out and got Kellamore from the Cowboys. Kellamore was uh uh. I guess he said, I guess you can say he talked himself out of his contract with the Cowboys. Um, him and Mike McCarthy had philosophical differences. So he left Dallas and uh, he took a lateral position to come over and be the signal caller and the play caller for the Chargers. So Keller Moore is in uh, L.A. now. And uh, Derek Ansley uh, is is the promoted uh, defensive coordinator. Um, largely, Brandon Silly is going to probably be the person calling the plays and doing most of the schemes. But Derek Ansley is the defensive coordinator in, uh, in position. Uh, so we'll see how that changes things for the defense when it comes down to the 2023 season because we had a lot of issues last year when it came down to the 2022 season and that defense, especially the run game. The run defense was very poor last year, and it's got to get better. It's got to get better because if you can't stop that, that's the groundwork and groundswell of everybody's offense. If you can't stop that, you got a lot of uh, uphill climbing to do in order to get stops and put and keep points off the board. So we'll talk about it in short order. But uh, first and foremost, I want to get into the most hot-button news and most glaring change that the Chargers made. We're going to talk about Keller Moore first. Uh, the him hiring, uh, getting hired from the uh, Cowboys, uh, taking a lot of position, like I said, to be the signal caller and the only signal caller. Uh, um, you know, kind of like what Eric Bieniemy did with the, uh, leaving the Chiefs and going to the Commanders. You know, it won't be no shared duties when it comes down to play calling. He's going to be the play caller. Um, you know, and a lot of takeaways you can get from Keller Moore's career so far as an offensive coordinator. Uh, he's 38 and 28 uh, win loss record as an OC. He's had two playoff appearances. Uh, he's two and three in that time frame. Uh, he's also also in his last year with the Cowboys was fourth in points uh, at 26.4 uh, points a game. So that should be, uh, I, I guess you could say, put smiles on Chargers fans' faces to see that we have a guy now that likes to put up points. Um, and that's going to win you a lot of games in this league. He was also number one in the red zone touchdowns last year at a 71.43 percentage rate. 
was really high and really, really high and getting red zone touchdowns, not field goals. So that's an extra added plus. He knows how to dial it up in the red zone. So definitely getting Kellen Moore, to me, was a slam dunk higher. And I definitely love this pick over Joe Lombardi last year because we all had our, uh, I guess you can say, beef or trepidation when it comes down to Joe Lombardi and his offense, right? So, yeah, I think that uh, having Kellen Moore will truly and completely unlock the full potential of what Justin Herbert can do in this offense. And and it's been looking good so far in camp, so I definitely – believe that the, it's a breath of fresh air for the Chargers, and I think this hire is going to be a slam dunk, and I think the offense is going to be that much better. Now, I, I would hearken as a high take. I think this might be Justin Herbert's best opportunity to win MVP this year. So look out for that. If this offense does what I think he can do, he had, he, can be, he can be in line for candidacy of MVP this year. So watch out for him. And I know you got Patrick Mahomes in this division, but listen, I think this offense, the way they got things structured, it could be really, really good and how efficient Justin Herbert can be when he got plays that he can utilize in, in different – passes and get the ball down the field. So watch out for this office, and I think it's going to be really good. Now, flipping over to the draft class. Let's talk about the draft class and the, and the new guys we got in. We didn't do a whole lot of crazy moves, so I didn't really cover it in de- deep detail. But shout-out to Chargers Wire for this graphic. Um, really good graphic here. Um, they uh, underscored all our draft picks from one through seven. And uh, in the first round, uh, we got Quentin Johnston. Uh, you know, solid pick, uh, six-foot-three uh, wide receiver, speedy uh, slot wide receiver from TCU. Uh, in the second round, we got Tuli Tui Pelotu. I finally got his last name right. <laughs> I finally got his last name right. As edge rusher from USC in the second round. Got Dayon Henley, linebacker from Washington State. In the third round, Darius Davis, teammate of Quentin Johnston at TCU. Uh, kick returner and slot receiver, wide receiver from TCU. In the fifth round, we got Jordan McFadden, offensive guard from Clemson. And sixth round, we got Scott Maylock, a defensive tackle from Boise State. And we, in the seventh round, we got uh, Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis' quarterback, Max Duggan. Uh, stand out in the uh, college play- football playoffs last year at quarterback from TCU in the seventh round. So very solid draft class. I, I I still had some issues with a couple of things they didn't address. Um, but again, it, it's one of those things where you you got good value for every pick. I would just like to have seen them get maybe slide back into to the mid rounds and get a tight end. I think the tight end room is the only room that I really feel like they didn't uh really really deep dive and address. They brought guys back, but again that room. It's inexperienced and longer in the two. So I think that they could have really capitalized on the talented draft class from a tight end perspective that they, they should have cashed in on, and they didn't. But that's the only thing I have, and that's kind of nitpicking because, again, I feel like they got slam dunk picks in pretty much everything here. You know, and I had my issues. Now, we, well, I talk about Quinn Johnson a little bit more in a bit, but, uh, you know, I was I was really locked in on getting Jackson and Smith from the gym, but he went a pick before Quentin, and I was also high on Zay Flowers, who both, are looking really good, you know, despite Jason's injury here re- recently. They've both been looking swimmingly good in, in uh, preseason, and Quinton's had some struggles with drops. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that pick works out. I'm really hoping that pick works out because he's the most glaring pick in this draft class because he is the number one overall pick in for the Chargers. So he's going to have to pan out. Be looking good at practice, not so much in the games. And, uh, you know, it's a confidence thing maybe, but he's got to get that catching in traffic together because he's had a lot of drops when it comes down to people being around him and him holding on to the ball because you got to be able to hold on to the ball in this league. You can't do that, you can't play. Simple as that. Simple as that. Let's forward over now. Let's talk about the schedule real quick. Uh, week one, we got the Dolphins. Uh, this week, we actually wrap up with the San Francisco 49ers on Friday in a preseason game. I'm going to see exactly who plays in this game. I'm hoping that Max Duggan gets some snaps. He hadn't really got a whole lot of snaps in the first two games. It's been largely Easton Stick. Um, but I want to see what Max Duggan can do because I really think that he can be a quality backup for this team if he's allowed to get some uh, get some burn. Um, but then fall over to week one, the Dolphins week one uh, at home. 
Uh, then you got the Titans week two, the Vikings week three, uh, Raiders week four, then the early bye week, week five. Then come back with the Cowboys week six, uh, Chiefs at week seven, Bears week eight, Jets week nine, Lions week 10, uh, week 11, we got the Packers, uh, week 12, the Ravens, week 13, the Patriots, week 14, the Broncos, week 15, the Raiders, week 16, the Bills, week 17, the Broncos, and finished out the season week 18 with the Chiefs. That should be a good game, assuming everybody's healthy and uh, and right. I think that's going to be a really good game to run out the season. So very good, really good schedule, but really tough schedule. I think that is one of the top uh, schedules or strength, top toughest schedules in the league uh, in this particular season coming up in 2023. So you're going to have to get the wins when you got, when you're supposed to get them. Because there's there ain't a whole lot of gimmies in this, in, on this particular roster of games, so we have to definitely get 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 wins when we definitely can. So look out for the Chargers, so hopefully starting out fast and getting out the gate running and um and starting with the Dolphins and get that victory. All right, so next up, let's talk about the preseason and and what's been going on there. Um, a lot of backups playing. Uh, it, it, you know, it's a good thing. Uh, you know, from a experience perspective, for guys that you really want to get a solid look at. Um, week one, we had the Rams. Uh, we beat the Rams 34 to 17 in the final. Um, this game was quite interesting. I, and I really think that uh, it was a confidence booster, but it wasn't a really good litmus test for what the Chargers can really do because I think the Rams have a lot of issues uh, when it comes down to personnel. I think they got a lot of growing to do. And they got a lot of young and inexperienced guys on their roster. So I think the 34 to 17 score is indicative of how, how, who the Rams are more so than who the Chargers are. You're supposed to do that to this team, in my opinion. I think that they're not built from prime time yet, and they played all their backups as well because, again, uh, Brandon Silly is a Sean McVay disciple, and they don't believe in playing starters in the preseason. So, you know, you saw a lot of backup quarterbacks, a lot of backup running backs, a lot of backup role players on every facet of the game. But just looking at the the stats and, and how things shake, shook out in this particular game, it wasn't a whole lot of throwing, especially from Max Duggan in the second half. They ran the ball a lot. I think they were just trying to get out of the game because they had it in hand. Um, he had a, some really good returns from Darius Davis in a, in a punt return, in a kick return game. That was good news. They ran the ball really effectively, but again, I think that's what you're supposed to do. I guess a team is, uh, that's inexperienced up front. Uh, Elijah Dawson in the second half had a really good half uh, of football. He ran the ball six times for 92 yards and two touchdowns, had a long of 40. I mean, a 15.3-yard average carry lets you know how, how, how quickly he broke out of the pack and, and got going. Josh Kelly had 54 yards in his limited duty. Isaiah Spiller had 27. Yeah, I mean, they did a lot of running the ball. They didn't hold it to high passes. But I will say from a negative perspective, what kind of concerned me early on is Quinn Johnson's drops. Uh, he had six targets. He only caught three. Uh, he did catch a touchdown uh, towards the end of the first half. But, again, I, I felt like that particular for- touchdown was forced to try to help his confidence. I think Easton Stick stared him down, and he was going to throw that ball to him by hook or crook when they got down in the red zone. Uh, you know, and I think it was more of a confidence booster, not, not necessarily much of how well he was open of more where they were trying to get him involved and get him back right. And I think that's where he landed. But those those easy gimmies he had early on in the game, that's a concern. It really is. We have to keep an eye on that. I'm hoping he gets better. You know, optimistic he's here now. I mean, you can't crowd for spilled milk and who we could have had. So he's got to he's gotta uh, step up and be good and, uh, and be the uh, first-round pick that they drafted him to be. So we have to hope that uh, he gets that right and gets it together by uh, come week one of the regular season. But overall, it's a pretty good game. Like I said, you know, they ran the ball, you know, early and often, even with the reserve backup linemen and running backs. So it was it was a solid game. Uh, and then so we flip over to week two. We're talking about playing against the Saints, who was a different team. And they looked good in their week one matchup. So they came into uh, SoFi looking to, uh, you know, get another victory. Uh, and it ultimately did, 22-17, but it's a back and forth game. Um, 
you know, it was weird too in this particular aspect that the uh the the Saints were a lot not able to run the ball as effectively as they were in the week one, which is a test testament to the uh run defense improvement of the Chargers, which is a good plus. Um, but but the Chargers had issues running the ball themselves. Elijah Dawson didn't duplicate his uh his performance from the week week one uh outing. Isaiah Spiller had one good run. Um, Josh Kelly carried the ball four times for nine yards. Didn't really get going at all. I mean, when you're when you're starting quarterback is the is the leading rusher with sixty three yards on seven carries. That's an issue. That's an issue. So you definitely have to look at that. Um, is some and correct some things when it comes down to uh, uh, what they can do in the run game against a better defense and a better talented team. So, yeah. So I guess you can say that you know it's uh it's a uh, it's learning experience. Because uh, again, they didn't throw the ball, uh, you know, well. Uh, you know, they, they they spread it around a bunch, but you know, I, I, just look at these six numbers. I mean, it's two thirty three uh, from a yard perspective. We had two picks, two ugly ones too. He took, he got sacked five times. Yeah, it, it was it was a rough outing. It was a rough outing for Easton. Um, but he, he battled, and again, he rushed the ball seven times because naturally he was running for his life a lot, and uh, you know, he scored two touchdowns in that in that aspect. But but yeah, I think that um. The, the offense look a little stagnant um, in, in in week two. So hopefully they can correct that and get that going a little bit better in week three and build some more cohesion against the 49ers. But uh, overall, I think that uh, Quinn Johnson rectified a little bit of what we underscored in week one, and he got three targets. He caught three balls so uh, you know for 37 yards, so he didn't drop any this particular week. So that was interesting. And then you get back in practice, and he starts dropping balls in practice. So it's not gone, ladies and gentlemen. It's not gone, but Hopefully he's getting better. From a game perspective, he's getting better and getting more comfortable and getting the nerves out. But overall, I mean, again, the offense was pretty stagnant. The defense played well, but the offense play was pretty stagnant. Uh, and I think that uh, they need to get that, uh, you know, turned around and get that raised up a level, but become week three leading into the season. Because the last rehearsal that you got against another team before the real deal is this week coming. So in, in that, Friday, that Friday night matchup. So I think they, they can get things done in, in, a, in short order and be better offensively. And hopefully they give Max Duggan some snaps. Maybe they'll give him the whole game since they gave Easton the whole game in week two and give him the whole game and let him and let him spin and see what he can do with those receivers. So uh, I think it'll be better outing because I think you just, just from a dynamic arm strength perspective and a talent perspective, I think I think Max got a little more juice in my opinion. So I want to see Max play this week. and Hopefully uh, Staley will let him do it. All right, so the forward and over to who I feel like the key players are uh, in the preseason. Um, you know, we talked about Elijah Dawson and his running prowess in the week one. That was good. I feel like Gerard Clark, along with uh, – I actually didn't put him on the list, but Scott Maylock were both good in uh, in a run game, uh, especially in week two. Uh, I think they played well uh, up front uh, in, in the interior D-line and getting uh, downhill and coming down and stopping the run uh, early and often. I think they played well. I think Chris Rump and Tui, Tui Pelotu, I got it right again, uh, on the edge was really good, and they limited duty. Um, they didn't play a whole lot in week one and two, but um, but the time they were out there, you did notice they were there. So I definitely believe that that's a good litmus test to see that what you got from your reserve edge guys to tell you what your joy and Khalil got to come off the field at any point in time. You put those guys on the field, it will definitely not be a high, highly uh, detrimental drop-off. So I was looking to see that these two guys were going to be uh, contributors this coming season. And this is from year three. He's a he's a he's a coach's kid, so I'm so hoping that you know he this is the year he breaks out and he pops. So I'm hoping that he's going to be a, a added bonus to that room, and he can get uh, and record some uh, sacks and some tackles for loss for his defense. Also, from the secondary perspective, I like what Justin Taylor and Cam Brown are doing. 
Uh, they, they've been playing really well, getting uh, several pass breakups. Now, for some reason, Jasir and Cam Kane and a few others, JT included, can't seem to hold on to the ball. Could they get the ball thrown to them? But they can't pick it off, but they knock it down. So they got a lot of pass breakups in their stat sheet, but they don't got a whole lot of interceptions. <laughs> so, But, again, if you're a defensive uh, back coach or defensive coordinator, you tell them, the first priority is knock it down. If you can catch it, cool. But if you can't catch it, knock it down. Don't no, no circumstances if you get your hands on it, you should you let the, the the wide receiver or receiver is period catch the ball. So they're doing their job. They're doing a job and they're playing well. They're covering well. So I'm looking for them to, to uh, be contributors as well as JT Woods. He had a little bit of issues with tackling last year. They gave him a lot of crap for that. However, he's gotten better with that. I see only women, one busted play and one one bonehead penalty. So you can see a progression. With his speed and athleticism, if he can just get the mental part down and stable, he's going to be a good uh, force on, on his defense. And lining him up with Darren James is going to be fun to watch. So I'm just looking for him to, to keep a level head and, and keep the mistakes down and make plays because he's a really good ball hogging safety. He just got to be in, in the right place at the right time and make the right play. If he can do that on a consistent basis, we got we got another gym on our hands. So we'll just look out for J.C. Woods. So forward and over now to position battles. Now, it's not a really deep position battle, uh, I guess you can say, uh, list when it comes down to who's potentially, you know, battling out for who's going to start and who's going to contribute early. I think the wide receiver three position and the slot corner position is the only two real big time uh, areas where you feel like there's a threat to people who can unseat the incumbent, per se. Um, more so in the slot cornerback room, but I'm gonna dress the wide receiver three for, for, uh, for starters. Josh Palmer was the incumbent uh, slot receiver with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. He's been there. This is his third year, but Quinn Johnson was the first round pick drafted down, and and uh, you know he's been you know been impressing highly um, in in camp so far and in in, uh, in short order. So it's it's a slight battle because Josh had been good camp, but Josh hadn't played in the preseason either. So. You have to look at it from a perspective of do you go with Josh, the who, who you, the old faithful, or do you go with Quentin in the slot? My money's on Quentin because, again, he's the first-round pick. He's a little more dynamic. I'm a playmaker. He had a little more speed. you know. So assuming he can hold on to the rock, I think that he's going to get denied, and Josh probably likely to be the fourth guy. And they might deploy him in different times, different spaces, You know, maybe get Keenan and Mike a blow here and there and deploy them in different packages. But as a starting unit, I think Quentin Johnson is going to be a starter come day one. Again, He's a first round pick. You got to go with that if it's if it's close, in my opinion. So I think that's what they're going to do. Uh, and the next up is is, is slot corner rotation. Um, I've been seeing a lot of in growth in just see Taylor's game. Uh, Michael Davis to me, him he's the incumbent um, to be the cornerback the three. But I really think Jasir with his athleticism and his speed and his and his improvement of his covering ability can take that job for Michael Davis. I really think he can. And I think Dean Lennon is snipping on his heels too. And I think Cam Brown is a really good UDFA pickup that they got that, that surprisingly to me got on, went undrafted because he was pleased highly productive in college. I don't understand how Cam Brown didn't get drafted. But yet again, he's there and they can keep holding him and he, he made the 53 roster. I honestly think that, you know, if they were smart and they feel like they can they can make waves with the young guys and Jasir, Dean, and Cam, they might dangle Mike Davis in the trade uh, scenario, maybe get a mid-round pick for him. You know, somebody's in need of a corner. You know, Miami comes to mind. You know, so, you know, for others that need corners that, that had injuries to their position room, the Ravens, some, you know, a few others. So he might be a trade piece if you feel like he's not going to be in a rotation heavy or he's not going to contribute like the other, other younger guys can contribute. Because you look at it from an athletic perspective, Jasir and Dean run 4-2, 4-3 speed. Mike Davis, you know, although he's fast, he don't run that fast. So, you know, and if, it, if the coverage skills is a push, I will go with the young guys and, and trade Mike Davis. That's just me. Now, granted, I'm not a big Mike Davis fan, never have been. 
oh, am I, I just keep be hating. But but yet again, I still see growth, regardless of what that is. I still see growth from young guys. So you can, you can just make it a youth movement and develop them, let them play. And if you can get some trade value from Mike Davis, then I'll do it. And it's a business at the end of the day. So we'll see how things check out in there. But that's my positional battles. Now, let's talk about the strengths and weaknesses that I've seen in the preseason. Now, uh, I guess you can say a strength has been the run game, at least in the week one. Um, they have, have, have a better average yards per carry uh, that's been going on from year uh, 2022 to 2023 so far. From Lombardi to, to, to Moore so far, it's been looking much better and more diverse. I think uh, Keller Moore has has more of an emphasis on the run game and not giving up on it, uh, even if it's not working early. Because even still, when he couldn't run the ball effectively in week two of preseason, he still ran it. He still tried. And he still tried to plow away and get what he could get. So I think that he's going to be more of a, a person that's going to be balanced, and which I love. Because a balanced offense is very hard, hard to defend. So I believe that, that this is going to be a better year for the running game holistically for the running backs that we have. So Austin Eckler, Josh, Joshua Palmer, Joshua Kelly, excuse me, and uh, a, a Spiller as well. Maybe Elijah Dawson, if he makes the roster, is going to eat in his, in his offense uh, from a run game perspective. And the weakness is still, you know, week one was a little bit of an issue with the run defense. We still got to improve on that. Uh, internal pressure, um, not just the edge, but the internal pressure um, has been of an issue in, in its consistency and the constant pass rush from the outside. I think those are the three weaknesses we've seen. We've seen flashes and, and dips and peaks and valleys, but Getting consistent pressure with the talent level you have is, is a bit of a weakness at this point. So hopefully we can clean all those three areas up by week one's time. Because I promise you that Dolphins will exploit those areas if you let them. So we have to clean those things up. Now, granted, I know the stars aren't in there, and it could change just on personnel. But if it, but just for the reserves, it, that should that should improve if, if nothing else. And I think those have been the glaring weaknesses in this team coming uh, through the preseason so far. So we'll hopefully that it gets better and uh, hope the run game improves as well um, as we get to week one. Now let's talk about the 53-man roster as we wrap this up. Um, what the bond projections are and who's making the cut. Now, it's, it's not a whole big-time level of surprise when it comes down to uh, actually all of us and Davis for the most part. There's a shuffle in certain areas. So for starters, you know, I think the Chargers, you know, pretty much set it offense. You know, I think it's pretty much a, a, a layup as far as who's starting. You know, Shaw Slater, left tackle, Zion Johnson, left guard, Corey Lindsley, center, Jamari Solly, right guard, Trey Pickens, right tackle. Easy money. Hitting Allen, wide receiver one, Mike Williams, two. I think Quinn Johnson, like I alluded to earlier, is going to be wide receiver three. Of course, Justin Herbert is your quarterback. Joe Evers going to be tight end one. Donna Parham, your tight end two. Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly in the backfield. All right. So, what I think they're going to be reserves for the offense, I think, again, this is going to be imp- predicated on what Max Duggan does in his last preseason game. But I believe, really believe that he has more juice than it's an Easton stick. So if you can use a quarterback as that emergency three that's not a 53-man roster spot, I would do that with Easton and let Max be the backup. That's what I would do. But that's, so that's my projection. Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, Elijah Dawson, and Xander Horthaf is the, is the fullback. We'll, be, we'll make the roster from a running back perspective from my, my purview. So the wide receivers will be Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, who's coming off uh, – ACL injury, he's should be coming back off the pup list soon. Darius Davis was a kick return and a slot guy. And I think Keelan Dawes, out of the guys that they brought in the camp, John Hightower, Keelan Dawes, and a few others, I think he's going to be the one that makes the roster as that last receiver on the list. Uh, we talked about Parham and in, 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 uh, Elvery. So Trey McKinney going to be the third tight end. 
Uh, reserve O lineman Jordan McFadden, obviously the draft pick for Sorrell, who's been improving highly over the last couple of off seasons. And Brendan Hymas is going to be probably a third O lineman. I think your kicker is going to be Cameron Dicker. Uh, he's going to beat out Dustin Hopkins for the job. I think he's going to be the kicker for the team. Uh, he had a great season with the team last year when Hopkins got hurt. So I like that move uh, to bring him in. And then J.K. Scott is going to be a punter. I mean, that's pretty easy, you know, easy money. He's one of the highest net punters in the league. So I think he's going to be the punter. You know, no big surprise there. But let's talk about the defense. You know, this defense was 28th in rushing last year, although they were 7th in passing yards, but they were 17th in sacks. So this is the this is the line of the same. This is the group that's going to have to get better exponentially for the team to go anywhere. I'm not concerned about the offense that much at all, especially with Kellen Moore being in the house now. I'm not really concerned about that. I'm concerned about this defense and how much better they can be uh, this year in, in Brandon Stelly's third year as coach. So I'm looking for them to improve highly in those numbers. The sacks got to go up. The passing stay around the same, but the rushing uh, – uh, defense got to get better, and well as the sacks, sack numbers got to get better. That's why I said the issue for me was internal and external pressure. It's got to get better and more consistent because if it does not, does that number is not going to raise and it needs to go up. Got to put pressure on the quarterback and you got to stop the run. That's your main focus. <laughs> That's your main focus. That everything else is easy after that. Your safety, your safeties in your corners don't have to cover as long, and hey, it's an easier day. But if you got problems in those areas, you're going to put pressure on your secondary to cover longer, and you're going to give up yards and passes and touchdowns. So that's the bottom line. But from the starter perspective, my impact players are Joey Bosa, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James. Run a base 34 defense. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day is your DN. Austin Johnson is your DT. Morgan Fox is your other DN. Joey Bosa is your outside linebacker, as well as Khalil Mack is the other outside edge rusher. J.C. Jackson is your number one corner. Asante Samuels is your two. Eric Kendrick, who they picked up in offseason, is your, is your inside linebacker one. And Kenneth Murray is going to be your inside linebacker two. Uh, Aloe Gilman is your strong safety, and Derwin James is your free safety. So pretty good, pretty good starting group. Pretty good starting group. Now, who your reserves are, Otito Ojibanoe is going to be your uh, internal DN. I think Scott Maylock and Gerard Clark are going to make the roster, and they're going to be in those tackles. Uh, outside linebackers reserves going to be Chris Rump and Tui, Tui Pelotu. Three times in a row. Let's get it. All right, so that's going to be your edge rushers, your reserve edge rushers. And I think uh, Deion Henley and Nick Neiman are going to be your inside linebackers with Tay Crowder. Now, Tay Crowder is a, is a new signing that they just got uh, because Blake Lynch got hurt. Uh, and I think that him signing Tay Crowder kind of lets me, lends that to me to the idea that, that he's hurt. He's going to be hurt for a little while. So I think they brought in Tay Crowder. He's going to make the roster just for the simple fact that Blake Lynch is not going to be there for a while. So I think Tay Crowder, a holdover from the Giants roster for a few years ago, is going to fill into that special team slash inside linebacker reserve role. The cornerbacks, Mike Davis makes the roster, Dean Leonard, as well as Cam Brown. I think it was your reserve uh, corner, so we're going to hold six there. And uh, J.C. Woods is going to be reserve free safety, and Mark Webb is going to be reserve strong safety. Uh, I still think we can get better in that group. I think we can get better. Uh, we should have signed Josh Johnson, in my opinion, but again, can't cry over spill milk. I think we could use some depth, more better depth there, but again, hopefully these guys can contribute You know, when they're called upon. And then Josh Harris is your long snapper. So there, there's there's your 53 man roster. So uh, tell me how you feel in the comments about this team and where they and where they could go when it comes down to uh, how they uh, shake out uh, in in the 2023 season. I think this is gonna be a really good season, assuming health. Now we we knock on wood. We've had a we've had a pretty good injury camp. I mean, nobody's you know gotten you know drastically hurt so far, and hopefully it stays that way. The starters stay on the sideline. The reserves play. They stay healthy, and we'll roll into the season you know, on a high note and want to be one of those ones where we can say that for the first time in a long time, we rolled in without any major injuries. So 
let's hope let's hope for good health and let's hope for good wealth and we can, can definitely get things done in short order when it comes down to uh what the Chargers can do and how competitive they can be in this AFC uh the conference this year. Because the division is tough and so is the so is the conference. So you gotta win games and win them and win them in large amount. So we'll see how things check out. But um, but that's gonna be it for this week's video, man. Let me know how you feel about the Chargers uh chances this year. Let me know in the comments, like, comment, subscribe. As always, and if you're looking for me on social media, check me out. Uh, on uh, I have a Twitch channel. We have Twitter, Lockdown Defense, Lockdown Divas Sports on Instagram, and my YouTube is Lockdown Divas Podcast. So search that in the engines and uh, give me your boy's description. It's pretty, it's free to do. And if you want to email me questions, anything concerning that you want to talk about football or basketball wise, let me know. You can email me at lockdowndivasports at gmail.com. And uh, just a quick note: we're going to drop a uh, this week coming. We're going to drop a uh, the teaser for our fantasy football podcast coming soon. We're going to drop that the first week of the season. So look out for that. And uh, we'll give you the uh, the graphics in the in the video for that this week. So look up, be on the lookout for that. Should be a good look. Uh, but in the meantime, between time until next week, I'm gonna see you when I see you. Step up and lock it down. <laughs>